Our conversation about intentions in the previous episode brought the topics of willpower and trust to the forefront. It seemed like the perfect time to tackle my confusion on when to utilize willpower and when to practice trust using the same example around my house adventure. Loaded with curiosity, I threw out questions as fast as Alexander could offer insight and a new vision, burning off the morning mist and erupting the day with the light of clarity. Let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility Alexander recently we discussed a situation in which I was uh, selling a home and we talked about setting an intention and sticking to that obviously for the good of everybody involved when making that intention and not straying off course and getting into our wants. But when doing something like this, I feel like there's a struggle between willing it and trusting it. When do we will our intention and when do we trust that it will work out for the good of everybody involved? Because in a situation like this, you have third parties involved so it's not fully in your control. Yeah, not much is. So yeah. maybe in a situation where, let's say, uh, I want to go back to school, go back to college to learn something, or go to a trade school to learn something, I feel like in that situation it's easier for me to will that because there's not as much in between me and that versus having to find a buyer and then going through the banks and the real estate agents. So that's kind of where uh, my question lies. And maybe you can get into when, when to will, when to trust, where that, that barrier is or that line is. Okay. Great, great question. Follow-up question to the previous episode. So this is a, a challenging concept uh, to, fully understand um, is fairly easy to convey, but to fully understand is, is challenging. And I want to say that uh, in the beginning. So whether to will or to trust, uh, we, we were given the power, or most of us was, to um, will most any situation. But we have been proven that it doesn't matter how much we will someone not to die. If it's their time to die, they're going to die. So we, we have been proven that willing things does not always work. So we have this other side that's called trust. And trust can bring, um, you know, different types of emotions. Um, it can bring disappointments as well, uh, because if you're attached to 
steal what you want, whether you're willing it or whether you're trusting that it'll happen, disappointment will still follow. So this comes back to what one wants. Okay? So if one wants a college degree, then they can't just trust that that's going to happen. There's literally physical things that you have to do to make that happen. So more than likely, you're going to have to uh, introduce a certain amount of discipline to get up at a certain time, to make classes, to get this so-called degree, to do what other uh, teachers and professors tell you to do and to get their approval and the whole process of that, that system. So trusting that you can just get a engineer's degree is um, ludicrous. But say you're making a decision and you're thinking about uh, changing your job. You can either will it by putting forth action to go out around your normal workday to make connections, to send out applications, and that's willing it. You're putting your willpower toward that. But the key is after you do that willpower, are you going to stay in expectation or are you going to stay in intention? Because this is what's going to affect you energetically, and that's what I'm interested in. I'm not so much interested in continuing to describe uh, on and on the differences between trust and willing, but bringing that back to it's important, not which one you choose, but how that choice is affecting you. So if you are willing something to happen and you keep getting doors closed— as I said, someone can say, man, I want a new uh, job in a completely new direction. I'm going to go put it, fill out some applications and talk to some people and say the first three that you go to um, just close the door and says, no, we're not interested. You don't have any experience, hypothetically. Then lots of people will stop after the first one or the second one or the third one. But this is why I say prepare when you set a new intention for at least three obstacles at least go to that fourth try and then be willing to go to the 10th try, to the 15th try. Any documentary that you watch about successful people um, in, their, in their craft, they've typically failed more than other people have even tried. And so failure becomes, once again, nothing negative. So failure is just an opportunity to learn. So then it becomes your attitude of whether you're willing it and you keep going or you're trusting that maybe this isn't the right time for me to change careers. See, I'm not here to dictate to people which one they should experience. What I'm looking to help people to realize is what is your decision costing you? Because if you're trusting it or you're trying to trust it, but your logical mind and all of your influences, your family influences, all these cultural influences are leaning you toward willing, but the trust is just a concept. You're going to suffer in that trust concept. And I see people go through this constantly, especially in the so-called spiritual and metaphysical world. But it's the same for willing. <laughs> if you're willing stuff to happen and you keep degenerating your physical body, your emotional body, taking it out on those around you, then what is that willing serving you? See, willpower and trust, neither one's better than the other. 
They're both necessary at different degrees, at different times, in different situations for each individual. And what I want to help people to do is to learn to discern between the two. Don't live in one of the dualities, but live in both of them and learn how to manage how it's affecting you. And if it's affecting you so-called negatively or lowering your vibration, then try the other way. So I know a lot of people that just live in trust. They don't have they don't try to make anything happen. And I tell them, I say, you know, the due to physics and forces of nature and gravity, if object starts to move, the gravitational pull will actually take over and help to move that that item, whatever it is. But there's a need for that initial push. So that's the willpower. But then once you initiate something, pay attention to, are you getting resistance? Okay, yes, I am. Have you set a new intention? Yes, I have. Okay, then I remember I should prepare for at least three obstacles right off the bat. And I'm going to learn to make love with that friction. This is what make love with the friction means, is that you don't expect friction. You know it has to exist because this is the plane of polarity getting back to the the pillars um, in early episodes. So this dance between trust and willpower is more to pay attention to how is that tool affecting you. And if it's not lifting you up, then you may want to try the other. And guess what? The other is going to be hard. Here we introduce another one of the pillars. If it's challenging for you to do, it's probably good for you. So this is why rarely does our initial reaction work for us. But as you see, when someone is not involved in the situation and they feel it intuitively or they feel it in a feeling or in a sense, uh, that can be trusted because the less someone has preferences, the less someone is involved, the more clearly that they can see it. So we have to learn to put ourselves in check to realize when we are pushing a boulder uphill and to go, maybe there's another way around this hill. Maybe I need to trust that I'm not clear yet in exactly what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, why I'm doing it, with whom I'm doing it. And because I'm not clear, this is more difficult than it needs to be. So sometimes, see, the trust is just, I trust that I'm willing something that isn't working. So I got to trust that I'm not clear. And that clarity isn't around what you want. The clarity is around how your vibration fits in the symphony of everything that's going on around you. And so that's where that dance between the will and the trust can be very erotic even. It can be beautiful. But most of us view it as a duality and separateness and choosing one over the other or choosing to stay in one more than the other. All of those variables is what brings duality. Where the polarity brings, oh no, I've got to dance in willpower sometimes and I've got to dance in trust sometimes. I'm going to fail a lot, but oh yeah, there's nothing negative to failing. That means every time I fail, I get better. So, hey, let's go ahead and fail a hundred times as quickly as possible so that we just learn that much more. 
rather than being scared of failing one time. So this is getting back into seeing to trust life, trust the divine, and be willing to will my part in this, but not to get engaged in all of my wants. So uh, hopefully that gave a good overview of your question, but please ask anything that might need to be more clarified. I think that's the first time that, or at least now that we had uh, the last conversation, maybe this is the first time I've heard it when you're talking about trust and willpower, but bringing in intention, because now it's starting to make a little more sense after having that experience and that conversation. And let me let me bring in um, one of my experiences that I'm kind of drawing some of these questions on. Everybody knows that I have willed verities uh, through our past conversations last year where where my unrealistic expectations, I had to have all these shirts done and, and I willed all that. And then through our conversations, I've kind of uh, curbed that, softened that, had a m- little more realistic outlook on it. And this year, I went to change the process of printing the, the size tags. And I've run through many obstacles. One is um, having to rely on a person to help me through it and his schedule and and navigating through all that. And I think maybe I've started to take on an opposite approach and being more trusting in the process than willing. And I, I want to get your take on it because every time I've met resistance, I've kind of just accepted it and pivoted versus mm. maybe testing it a little more to see if it's real or not. And so maybe I've become a little too passive and swung uh, too far the other way. Yes, and this is where uh, uh, we discussed that putting your stake in the ground, being clear in your intentions, and being able to stand in that storm, to stand in that challenge, and to be able to internally to see it clearly that you respect uh, where this other person or this other situation is, but at the same time, um, I'm going to be like a tree. I'm going to be rooted. I'm going to be flexible and bend, but I'm still going to be here after the storm. And that's what I feel like is very needed right now in our culture uh, specifically is to see people that, uh, whether you want to call it energetically sensitive people or uh, people that are just kind and beautiful, for them to be able to be around the negative, to be around the hateful uh, people, the the people that carry the disdain energy or the frustration and not let it affect them. Because due to the laws of physics, if a vibration changes or a new vibration comes in, all of the vibrations around it has to either sync up with that frequency or leave the realm that that frequency is touching. But what happens many times is the so-called people of light or people that carry this compassion, this love, they're sensitive to. So anytime they come into any opposition or challenge, they go inside their shell, so to say, or they leave the situation. They can even be self-righteous about it of, oh, I turned the other cheek or blah, blah, blah. But really what it was was avoiding something that was frictional or something that was challenging. And so I've been challenged many times in my life to stand in that uh, frequency while the storm is going on. 
And that's exactly what we discussed with the hurricane that was coming um, this past weekend. And, and of course, I wasn't belligerent. I did take some precautions and um, make sure that I wasn't being belligerent. But I just didn't have this sense or this feeling that it was going to be as devastating as they were projecting it to be. And this is one time that I, I'm really th- just thankful that uh, that was my sensation and that's the way that it uh, turned out to be. And that was being in my trust um, because the willpower would have been get an unlimited amount of water, bottled water, and uh, have generators and all this stuff for the possible ending of, you know, the world possibly. Uh, And many people went into that level of fear, that level of buying into the media, and it did have some devastating um, effects on surrounding areas, and we want to send our support and our compassion to them for sure. But I was just going off of that that sensation that I had um, as to that it wasn't going to be that bad. And I was just grateful to, you know, to be um, in, in alignment with that this particular time. So we, we have to learn to, to, you know, to trust that within ourselves and to realize that, uh, you know, people that will things to happen are necessary. They're useful. And then people that, uh, you know, and they can learn to back off sometimes and not create as many ripples going through life. And then people that are a little too trusting and just sit back and wait for life to roll the red carpet out for them. You know, they can uh, possibly work on some some willpower and going out and uh, basically being prepared to just face no. And there's so many beautiful people that are challenged with uh, with no, either energetically or verbally, and normally that's connected to traumas in their life. And, and that's what I'm hoping to be able to inspire more and more people to, to do is to be clear in yourself and your intention and your direction. Then be prepared for life to bring you challenges to take you off of that, and then persevere through that and be an example uh, to attract other people to be this type of example. And that's what will change our world. And um, it'll change the um, the polarity of it, but there will still always be polarity. And so that is our one free will, that there is always going to be hatred and there's always going to be love on this plane, more than likely. That's the way it's been experienced so far. The one beautiful thing is we, every day, day in and day out, at every moment, we have the opportunity to choose which one we're going to reside in. And a lot of that is based around the level of willpower we carry and the level of trust we carry. So it is a personal uh, experience for everyone, but both are equally important. And bringing that, you know, keeping the intent in mind is very important. And this is a perfect example of, you know, knowingly or unknowingly, we've talked about this specific subject many, many times. But you continue to, as you see, as you have an experience, then you hear things differently the next time because there is something that was like you hearing it for the first time in this. And you, you pointed out that it was the intention. And this is why we shouldn't be frustrated with friends or family members or even children because we need to hear stuff over and over and over people. And please get rid of this. Oh, I already know that. I've already heard it um, because we haven't processed things and we can always find something new. And that's the beauty about 
the way we were designed is that as we go through a different life experience, we can watch the same movie, we can hear the same conversation, we can listen to the same song and get something new out of it if we're just open to that search. And that's why even with like spirit animals and animals having messages and people ask me if I believe that, it's not a belief. It's a choice in utilizing it as a tool is all. It's not something I believe. It's just that if a snake, if I come across a snake right away, rather than going into fear, I'm like, oh, some transformation is in front of me. Then I want to ask the question, am I resisting transformation or is this something that's coming? Then all of that's for me to discern. And I may ask people that I feel like is more knowledgeable or just ask some stranger that uh, may not know anything about the subject because one, once again, I'm designed to respond to people's answers, not to literally listen to their answers, but to pay attention to how their answer makes me respond. And you're the same type. So this, to me, is the exciting part of this work, is that you uncover more and more tools to help you discover your authentic self, but it's completely up to you to put the practice in to change these frequencies to actually make change a reality. So let me rephrase what I was sharing earlier with adding in some of the stuff you just talked about. So if my intention is to have custom size tags printed in the shirt. There are all different ways you can do it. So if we start out with what would be the easiest way for me to do it with all the power in me so I wouldn't need somebody else to help me. So if we start out with that, and I have immediate issues with that where it's it's coming in too thick or I bought it I bought the screen printing transfers from a place and they don't they don't seem to be working and in order to even test uh, on whether it's going to work or not I have to buy another piece of machinery mm-hmm. so I vacate that because it seems like okay that that doesn't seem it sure it's easy in theory but it seems like it's going to be way more of a process that I'm not willing to go down so um, we go on to the next the next part and uh, there's a pad printing machine sitting there not being used and that's how they professionally do it but the guy I print with has never printed on clothing or apparel so there's a whole learning process experiences that have to be had to get to that point failures and and not including you know his time commitments with other things so that's where I am now with balancing that accepting that I went into that, I made that choice, and I accept, and and I don't hold any any uh, animosity towards him as far as how much time he can commit to me. But every once in a while, I have to remind him that this is very important to me, and that, because we we're doing an energetic exchange where I'm helping him with uh, some marketing and web stuff, and he's helping me create this process of printing, and I'm using his machinery. Mm-hmm. So there's a give and take there, and um, I, I'm very respectful in understanding that he has his own time commitments and so do I on my end. So I'm very patient in that, but it feels like, man, it's been like three or four months in this process. And, and we like ramp up energy where we'll spend three or four days on it and get somewhere. And then something else comes up where we have to take energy away from it to buy, to buy a new ink or buy a new pad or do some research. So, so, and saying that, all my question is like, how do we know when to, re- when to take another direction? And so, the way I described it before, where I was like, I'm constantly pivoting. Technically, 
the way the reason why I said that was I'm uh, I'm just accepting of the process and the time it's taking. It is a little frustrating when I think about it outside of the work, when I think about how much time has been spent, but when I'm doing it, I'm in appreciation mm-hmm. of his time and the process it's taking. Um, but I feel like when I take a step back and see how much time it's taken and, and how I have, you know, five designs all printed and I just need size tags, I, my realistic side comes in and talking with you, I start to think about, you know, is this intention, like I still have that intention. And so part of me is willing it, part of me is trusting it, that it will get done and I'll get to a point. But then my, my realistic side is, is it worth all of this time and effort when, you know, maybe I could just sell them without size tags and it won't be as branded as I want it to be, but I wouldn't have all this friction. Right. Okay. So, uh, great question, um, again. And w- the way that I would suggest to approach that is, A, you're focused on, oh, there's a want there and we have to be realistic that the want is a little bit different from the intention because intention doesn't bring any frustration but wanting does expectations does so in these situations i like to say when you're starting a new direction the less variables that you have involved the more so-called free will or we'll loosely say control that you have so The intention could be, I intend to print these tags as time efficiently and cost affordably as possible. That's my intention. Now, with that intention, that has no time frame on it. So, you may need to expand that time frame or not. You can end it there. Or you can expand it and say, okay, my intention is to do these... uh, size tags in the most affordable way, the least time-consuming way, and within a realistic time period of whatever you said that, a month, uh, a day, uh, a year, whatever it is. But the thing is, is that once you set that time, that's where stress starts to uh, raise its head. Um, So with that... I choose to move forward in life with making sure that I start with where I am doing as much of that possible by myself without the level of perfection that I'm looking to get to down the road. So in this situation, like the excitement of getting the shirts out to me is part of what I enjoy being connected with you and I enjoy seeing you light up when you have a new design. And so anything that holds that back is going to bring in the so-called negative emotions. So right away, I want to go, okay, I'm just going to take an afternoon and I'm going to hand print tags. I'm not looking for them to be perfect because I know there's a machine. There's know-how of how to do that perfect. That's not the stage that I'm at right now. What makes me feel good is that I'm getting a new design out. And even though it's not perfect, I'm not uh, setting out to be that perfect person because what perfection takes away is personal touch. So see, in those T-shirts that you're doing a hand stamp on, 
you might be able to do five or ten in the same amount of time or hypothetically maybe not uh, on the machine and it be of so-called better quality, but it doesn't have your energy in it. And when you do that hand stamp, it has your presence, your time, blah, blah, blah. The rest is mechanical. So we have to remember that perfection takes us away or the search for perfection takes us away from that personal connection. So I would rather have a shirt from you that you had hand stamped that the stamp come halfway clear on than have one that was absolutely perfectly done on the machine. And I can read the size and the materials and the washing instructions, which I will include with you that I'll hardly ever have read on any T-shirt <laughs> that I've ever gotten. So, so this is where that realistic view comes in. But to do what needs to be done to feed your soul first, get fed with that attitude of it'll just get better with time because I'll get better with the hand stamp. And then with this other gentleman that you're dealing with, you've been with him now long enough to know his type, to know how he operates. And the only time you run into any kind of friction or frustration is when you want him to be different than he is. Because the fact is, is that he is that that flame that bursts and gets excited and can pull all nighter or whatever it takes. But then you might not get back in there for three months because something else dangled shiny and got his attention. And the more that we try to work out business oriented things with somebody that's continuously getting distracted, it can bring up the opportunity to be frustrated. Or you can say, hey, this isn't feeding me. How can I break this down into the most simple form and be getting fed? But that is taking this entrepreneurism direction that you're stepping into as a way of either I'm going to grow into this, different from the vision that I know that you started out with of wanting everything to be top-notch perfect from the very outset. And I am pleading to people as artists, as creators of share the whole process it's a beautiful process and people that do get that so-called perfect product it has no connection to it it has very little energetic connection so always remembering that that if you're having a person that's holding you back or you're having a machine or something that's holding you back and you have a way to keep that energy moving even if it's slower than you ideally want it you're still within your intention you're still working toward that intention of things moving much faster, less money, less time, all that type of thing. But for right now, I'm going to find the joy in using this stamp and getting these shirts out to the world because I enjoy seeing people light up when I bring a new product out. Yeah, I mean, you always elegantly uh, uh, put it in a way that uh, makes me feel good. Uh, <laughs> um but uh, something that I got that I got out of that was that perfectionism is closely tied with will and trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it doesn't give much respect to uh, trust at all. Uh, perfectionism is a willing effort. It is a very masculine energy, and is something that cannot be um, experienced on this plane. And we see so many tortured artists or performers that are incredible at their art because they're so willful in it, but so miserable in their life. And we've lost so many people young to suicides and that type of thing 
uh, because they were so focused and so willful and didn't take time to breathe in the trust. So we have to realize that, that all of these athletes or musicians or actors, they all spend so much time and there's a big cost normally to what they want. And those people typically, uh, many of them aren't uh, prepared uh, to deal with, you know, the cost of being that level of of performer or artist or whatever it is. And, and I know this path very well because that's the path that I was going down in my 20s to be that level of musician. I wanted to be the best bass player in the world. And I looked up to uh, some greats, uh, Victor Wooten and Jaco Pastorius, not people that played my genre of music, but people that were out of my league, that that's what I aspired to. But the thing about that is, is that I didn't really understand how to do it properly. So what I did was I continuously belittled myself and I continuously felt that I wasn't as good as them. So why, why even do it? And so I didn't understand how to properly format the intention where now I can look at somebody as an inspiration, but as soon as I see them as an inspiration, whether they're just a person walking down the street or there's some celebrity, right away I know there's a cost to whatever they're inspiring me to. And you know, and if it's external success, then normally there was a large cost to their intimate relationships. And so for me, that balances it out. It takes idolatry out of it right away. And so what I decided to do uh, over 15, 18 years ago was stop pursuing that willful, goal-oriented life and learn to float in the river and to understand that storms come and the river river gets um, abrasive sometimes. But if we work with the river rather than fighting it, and just because, you know, I don't want to be in the river at that particular time, it doesn't matter once the storm is there. And so that's kind of the way, you know, life is to use this work to practice toward is that we're going to experience things that we don't want to experience. And our overall well-being is directly tied into how we manage those situations. And like I said, the more real life situations you go through, the less you sweat the small stuff, so to say. And that just comes from experience. Um, but that is the beautiful, you know, part of this process and how working on this work in each individual situation helps you in your overall view in every situation in your life and all your relationships. So you mentioned that there, I mean, there obviously is a cost in our wants, but is there a cost in our intentions or then it wouldn't be pure? Ah, that's another good one. And understand when I say cost, there is not necessarily a negative connotation to that. Just anywhere where you put focus, there has to be a void created somewhere. That's the way that energy works. So whether you're talking about money or relationships, it's the same, uh, works under the same principles. So no, the difference between intention and wants or expectations is that intention has no attachment to it. You're just, it's, simple, it's very similar to having a marble and you just get on the floor and you just want to see the marble roll. So you roll it in a certain direction, but you don't get upset when it veers off to the right because the floor is slightly out of level. You still get to see it roll. When if it rolled in that exact straight line that you were shooting for, it wouldn't be any more beautiful than you watching it roll at that angle. 
only through your perception. So the intention is, I'm going to roll this marble as straight as I can, but I'm going to enjoy it no matter how it rolls. So a want or an expectation is, I'm going to roll this a certain way, and if it don't go that way, I'm going to get upset. And this is the way most people operate, whether it's with their relationships or with their job or, or whatever it is. And this is where, why that intention, the intention is you set it, you just, you, uh, so that's part of the will. You will the marble forward, but then you give up to the gravity, to the lay of the floor, to many different variables that you can't control. I mean, I could, after I see that going off in that direction, I could go and like jack up the floor. I could do things to will it to see. I could spend a lot of time and a lot of energy into getting that marble to roll straight down that floor. And I could spend a lot of money, a lot of time. But am I really going to enjoy that marble anymore than I have the opportunity to the way it just naturally rolls differently than I intended? Absolutely not. So, That intention is free from attachment. It is just, this is what I'm intending like today. We intended to get together around 11 a.m. as we uh, do typically. And if for some reason you were either running late or you couldn't make it today, if I allow that to upset me, I have failed because I only had an intention. We could say we had a plan, but at no point in time did I expect you to be here today. Because life happens. So in those situations, even if you're making plans, if you look at them as just an intention, and then I'm going to set you free from that intention if something comes up in life. Because once again, we're not focused here in this work on manifesting and creating everything we want. (laughs) We're working towards well-being of how life affects us and how people affects us, and how that deteriorates our well-being, overall well-being. So it's our response or our reaction to the external that is the real subject, not whether we're doing it this way or whether we're doing it that way. But this is important to understand with the intention. Intention doesn't carry any expectations. It carries a freedom. It's been said that if you love someone, set them free if they come back blah, blah, blah. Well, in that many times, whether that is successful or not, is in that setting free if they're really true in that intention. Because if they carry any energy towards that wanting or or needing that person, they're going to continue to push that energy away. So it's very challenging to be clear in your intention and to stay focused on that. But people do it to gain um, recognition to gain college degrees, to gain jobs, to gain things, people will sacrifice so much. But to gain internal growth, that's challenging for people to uh, keep consistent the practice and to be willing to pay the cost, which normally is some monetarily or external things. Because in order to do this work, you need time to process things. And it's very challenging to do this level of work and work 40 hours or more a week and raise kids and pay for a mortgage and pay your car payment 
and meet all these responsibilities, going to your church, going to your family gatherings. Our culture has built a way that to just basically assist people to stay crazy and confused, and it's just too much. So learning to be still is a big part of this work, and you've heard me talk about that the whole time that we've been together. And that doesn't necessarily mean sitting in lotus position in meditation for an hour every day. Uh, it's more like working towards learning to find those pockets of time during the day to just go, oh, man, no input, no output right here for just this two minutes. And that becomes the new want, <laughs> that the want is this peaceful feeling of when I just sit and I don't have anybody asking me questions and I don't have to give any answers. And I'm just going to sit in this. So when I teach meditation, that's what I work toward is just do it to the extent that you want more of it. Don't try to start the discipline of 15 or 30 minutes at the beginning, but just stop during your day, take a few deep breaths and work at not thinking about stuff, which normally means not worrying about stuff, which brings a certain level of contentment. And as I said, once your body and all these different levels start experiencing that, it goes, I want more of that. Then it's not as much of a discipline. It just becomes a way that you manage your time to get this feeling, this sensation, the act of making love is very similar. Um, if we approach it just to get what we want, it doesn't normally work out for us. But if we go with best intention of the overall good of both parties involved, then that's many times much more reciprocated, much more enjoyable. So that's something to really relate it to. Uh, most people can relate to sex and the urge for that. But there is a difference between sex and making love. And the making love is when it's, you know, equally enjoyable for both parties. And one isn't just focused on what they want, but they're really focused on giving more than receiving. But all the givers need to learn to receive. Um, lots of givers don't know how. So, yeah, so this this, you know, subject can keep going just deeper and deeper, but around uh, intention um, and uh, being clear with willpower and trust. This is a very good subject and a very extensive subject. So with intention, if there's an intention that involves an action item. So, for instance, uh, if if I have the intention to sell my home. I'm accepting in that intention that there's going to be some work that I need to do to get to that point. Yes. So does that not add to a cost because I have to do that work? Well, no, because if your intention is just to sell the home and you've got it up right now for, say, $180,000, then you can put it up for $100,000 and sell it really quick. So once again, this is about getting clear in your intention. And most people stop at a general intention, and that's not giving very much information. Um, that's like a child running up and saying, I want a ball. You know, you might buy them 100 balls, and they're looking for uh, a ping pong ball, and you've bought them every kind of ball you can possibly think of, and they're still not happy. And then you simply say, well, if you'd have just told me in the beginning you wanted a ping pong ball, this would have saved a lot of time. See, anything that we want to learn about consciousness or self-awareness is taught through the act of children. So just using that higher energy as that parent. And so how we communicate and what we say consistently 
is what is generating that information. And with our willingness to not be so particular and so upset when we don't get our way, just like, you know, if you if that kid says, I want a ball and you buy them, uh, you, you take 10 opportunities to buy them 10 different balls and they're still not happy. At some point, you're going to get tired of buying them balls. You're not going to keep buying them balls till you find the one that they want. And that's the thing about communication. And we have to understand that when we uh, complain about what's not working in our lives, we're just generating that energy to bring more of it in. And um, there are certain ones of us that that has more of an effect due to our design than others. And I just want to clarify. So if you then get too specific and maybe put a time frame on it outside of your control, then that becomes a want and not an intention, right? The differentiation between want and and intention is your attachment to it. So see, it's fine to set an intention with a time frame. The question is, when that time frame gets met and that didn't happen, does it affect you? If the answer is no, then it was an intention. If the answer is yes, then it was a want, and you were fooling yourself thinking it was an intention. See, the 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 body doesn't lie to a certain extent. Um, the energy field doesn't lie, and and when you tap into these more subtle energies, this is what helps to keep us on course. Um, whether it's from a clarity of mind standpoint or how we feel physically or how we feel emotionally, uh, it's all about our responses to things working out or not. And if you have a negative or a positive response, then that is around a want. If something works out and you just are like, man, that's nice for everyone. I'm, I'm really happy for everyone. I personally didn't gain anything specific out of this. Then that's a pure intention. And that's very important to see that, you know, the the gain of the self is a big, uh, significant key of whether it's an intention or a want. But the telltale is when it comes, like I said, whether the house sells or it doesn't sell, it's your reaction, your response to it that is going to show you whether you were truly carrying an intention or you were truly carrying a want. And then in that situation, if it, if it comes and it doesn't sell and you don't have a reaction, do you then look back and like is it, it doesn't become a want if you're if you look back and analyze and say, well, did I not have enough willpower during that to, you know, maybe I didn't do enough, put enough energy into it, or did I not trust enough? Yeah. Okay. So you know, approaching it from learning all that you can from it, not uh, from the direction that did I do something wrong? Yeah. Is there something that I should have done? It's more like, let me look back at this and see what uh, what the action I chose to do, what kind of result that had. And then I want to, yes, look at where I was mentally with it, where I was spiritually, uh, uh, physically, you know, on all the different levels emotionally, because all of those are playing a role in it. And that's why we've done that breakdown of, you know, disruptions in the physical body normally stem from a disruption in the energetic field, which normally stem from an, a disruption in the emotional field, which normally stems from a disruption in our communication with people. So so this communication that I'm talking about with people, we just shift that to the inside and say, if I have a so-called positive or negative experience with this, it was a want rather than an intention. 
And see, it's good to recognize even the so-called good things that work out in our favor to still go, you know what? I'm so glad, you know, to enjoy this and I'm going to enjoy it. And I tell people, enjoy it. If it's beautiful, enjoy it, please. But at the same time, to be honest with yourself and go, Alexander, were you really carrying an intention there? Because it seems like you're awful happy that this worked out. So that seems more like a want that you got what you wanted. And like I said, we don't judge ourselves. That's not useful. But to go, you know what? Yeah, that that happened to work out in my so-called favor this time. But I carried a want in that rather than an intention. And that gets back to like, you know, how we've developed our relationship and um, how we have talked from time to time to kind of tighten the nuts and bolts of our machine that we're building together. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's important for both of us to have a certain amount of freedom, a certain amount of non-pressure. And, you know, and we've done quite a dance through all of this, allowing you to have certain experiences, um, whether I knew how it was going to turn out or had a good idea or not. Um, because I've learned from my past failures by being in a relationship with a female that carried very similaristic uh, design traits. And um, and so that's helped us to be, you and I, uh, to be at this point that we are today. So these adjustments is what's important, not getting what we want. Because, see, lots of people, when they get what they want, they don't review the situation and how they handled it much at all. But if they don't get what they want, they can overanalyze it to the nth degree. And so in both of those situations, nothing's learned very much. So it truly wasn't useful. Um, So, you know, in setting these intentions and being able to be as specific as you can without creating that expectation is an art that takes lots of time and practice. But that's all we've got is time. So uh, so be as specific as you can with your intention and then release it and have no attachment to it. But it's important to set the intention and to be as clear as you can in, in what you would like to experience. And as we wrap up this conversation on willpower and trust, the one thing I've really took from this is how uh, the act of in, uh, setting an intention really plays a huge part. And I used to think it was just this balance this dance between, you know, choosing will or choosing trust in certain situations. And it wasn't uh, inherently clear to me which one to choose when, but just throwing in intention uh, really helps me understand, well, one, that there's no clear answer. It's all in how you're reacting to it at that time. And yeah, individual. Yeah. Truly yeah. Individual. And, and individual to per the person, situation. The situation. Yeah. So, I'm glad that you got to weigh in on this on my uh, current experiences, and uh, I would love to hear any other people who are having the same experiences and how they are are currently handling the balance between will and trust. And you know, one place people can do it is in our Facebook group. So if they go to our Wise Wise Facebook page and uh, click on community tab we have our facebook group there you can ask to be added where we want to have these conversations with people where they share this and yes. we can interact with them and because the point is is that uh we're not looking to be right we're looking to explain so if if there's questions out there which we have you know had people ask some really good questions that we've covered uh we want to entertain that you know more and more and really work toward uh, developing a forum to where 
uh, as people continue to understand this philosophy on deeper levels that they even talk amongst themselves on the forum and um, and we'd be able to be part of that to interject, but it not to be dependent on um, on our, us being there as well, because we want to build this community. This is building a, uh, a language and uh, we don't want it dependent on Aaron and I. And I, I work with people every week that talk about how lonely they are and how they don't have like-minded people in their lives. And this is a big part of creating the this platform is that I've worked with just about any excuse that someone has had from a, a financial standpoint or perspective standpoint or a religious standpoint. Whatever it is, I've done my due diligence to provide a way for people to to be able to access this information or or help and uh, we want to develop that within our own inner community as well where we're we're there for each other and sometimes you know just a a different perspective or a sounding board can go a long way and we have an endless amount of topics that we could discuss on this podcast but i think uh it would be more entertaining and, and energetic for me, at least, to uh, stop talking about myself for <laughs> for a few episodes and uh, engage in a situation that somebody else is having where they have a, a uh, situation that would would spur a, a, an hour conversation sure, about sure. it. And then we will, uh, you know, pull from that Facebook group uh, some of these subjects, of course, not using any names, but this is a way for you to, you know, get your um, questions answered in details, and it can be very useful uh, without it, uh, you know, costing a lot of money for a private session. And we do want to mention, feel free to contact me for uh, private sessions to uh, get an understanding of what we've talked about, the design, which is your human design. And then we'll mention cards from time to time that's based around uh, numerology or math. And um, physics is all based around this math. So, um, so we we do a good job at demystifying any of this information and really just helping a person understand the vehicle that they're operating their soul within and learning to play your note or your group of notes melody very strong in this uh, symphony that the universe has created. So, um, find your note, find your frequency. Uh, stick your stake in the ground, uh, be clear in your intentions, be kind and loving, and look for the overall good of everyone involved. And I think you'll uh, find a, a lot more contentment in moving forward. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. 
We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform, and if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us monetarily, you can do so by visiting our patron page where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive Wise Wise perks. You can do this by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Next, you can head over to Alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person, by phone, or on Skype. Find out more information on his live performances, class schedules, products, including birth chart analysis reports and music, and check out more information on his sound therapy tables. To do so, you can visit vibrotune.com, V-I-B-R-O-T-U-N-E dot com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the WiseWise logo apparel, Alexander themed clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verity's Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.